Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Man, did this dude just did this? With the 20th pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Karis LeVert from the University of Michigan. The problem is you don't want to mess with a bat because, as you may know, they can be ratted. But there goes our test after somebody in the stands. And he is going after a fan, and he is waylaying a fan, and this thing is now getting ugly. Got them all? Just a come in all three. Do we have them all? He did first time in NBA history. They had three brothers on the floor at the same time. It's Pacers it's trying this, to win. Let's be patient. Let's be patient. Sabonis. McDermott. Let it go. Brogdon for three. Let Got it, go. it! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome back to another episode, Born Ready to Pod Podcast, as we are celebrating the Pacers' big win over the Orlando Magic on this beautiful Friday night, 120 to 118 against the Magic. Game went into overtime. Pacers didn't look like they were going to pull this one out. You know, in regulation, it looked like uh, the Magic, you know, that final couple minutes there, the Pacers just played some really bad basketball. Uh, the Magic had a lead there, and uh, Sabonis really helped propel them um, to get that game into overtime for the Pacers. Uh, then Sabonis made a couple big plays in overtime as well, and Sabonis, or excuse me, Brogdon sealing the game with a uh, game-winning three-point shot. So, uh, how are you feeling? That was just, that game. Just you know, it was a it was a roller coaster of emotions. You know, started off the Pacers were you know down by to the magic at the beginning then you know they made a run and took the lead and then from there it was just kind of up and down so how'd you feel watching this game tonight yeah you said it best roller coaster of emotions i mean jeremy lamb had a great game um turner had to come back game played 43 minutes with the overtime played really well i mean a lot of the criticisms we've given miles turner over the years has been for rebounding he comes back from the hand injury, gets nine rebounds, 22 points, three of six from three. I mean, this is the Miles Turner we want to see night in, night out. So credit to him. He's been playing great. And Jeremy Lamb, second game back. I mean, there was a point at the end of regulation where, he, you know, he, he started feeling it a little bit. And then the offense kind of was forcing it to him. And he's not a guy that can really control the ball and do like what Brogdon does with it and run the offense through him. He's more of a rhythm guy. And, you know, once we went back to focusing on getting at Sabonis, obviously he made that, that one, that one move in the post to send it to overtime. So, you know, it, it was a scary game. I really thought we were going to lose at times. There was an FTT thrown out by you super early. And, you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't totally against it in the moment. And then we got Dwayne Bacon added to the the bad players that have good games against the Pacers list. That was a point of contention tonight. We put it up for a vote, and uh, it seemed to be a vast majority of people thought he deserved to be on the list. I thought it was going to be Ken Birch, but, you know, I was one shitty player away. It was actually Dwayne Bacon. So this, this game's a game we needed to win. I mean, we're better than a 500 team, I think. 
we've battled some injuries. The Magic, you know, they we said they were going to lose five in a row. They ended up winning that night. We talked about them, and they almost snuck this one out. So I think they're they're a better team than their record. So I think this was a good win, and can't say enough good things about that shot that Brogdon hit. Second game winner of the year, I think. So that was just awesome. Yeah, and I mean – kind of what was keeping the magic there in the game and, you know, giving them opportunities was second chance poisons uh, and offensive rebounding. They out rebounded the Pacers by five on the offensive uh, rebounds category. Um, and then also from three, I mean, they shot like 46%. So, um, I mean, they were just literally making everything, which I mean, with the magic, they are the third lowest scoring team in the league. So that first half when the Pacers gave up 60 points, it was kind of baffling. Um, you know, giving up that many points to a, a team that doesn't score, uh, you know, near as many points as all the the vast majority of the teams in the league. So uh, defensively, there's there's still a lot to, a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, but obviously, I mean, they were just they were making their shots tonight. I mean, Evan Fournier was eight of fourteen from the field. Uh, he had four threes and he had twenty six points. Vucevic also had four four threes. Aaron Gordon made four threes. So I mean. These guys were just stroking from the three-point line tonight. Um, and, yeah, some of them were wide-open looks. But, I mean, they were making some, you know, some good shots. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Um, and then, obviously, you know, mentioning Miles Turner, obviously got to commend what what he's able to, you know, come out from what many thought he was going to miss a couple weeks. And, and he played here tonight. And so – and then coming in and, and not only playing in the game, but giving you 43 minutes and, and nearly a double-double. Um, and then not even, you know – mentioning his presence there on the def defensive end as well. I mean, um, very uh, definitely, uh, I feel like, you know, Brogdon made the big shot and all that, but definitely the player of the game in my eyes was Turner. And it was kind of baffling, and I don't know maybe if they had him on, you know, he had played so many minutes and they didn't want to play him as much. But the fact that he wasn't playing in those final minutes in overtime was was kind of strange to me. Um, they ran a lineup with McConnell and Doug McDermott. Um, Justin Holiday had fouled out, but it, it was kind of strange to me that they chose those last couple of minutes to sit Miles Turner, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then offensively, it didn't really make sense because he had 22 points tonight. So um, I, I'm just hoping that's that's not something that's you know injury related there. But he did check back into the game for the final possession. Yeah, they kept Lamb in a lot, so that kind of uh, altered their lineup a little bit. And then, like you mentioned, Justin Holiday fouled out, so Nate's. You know, he's trying different things, and I'm overall somewhat pretty happy with him so far. And Steve Clifford looks just like a fatter Nate Bjorkren. I mean, with their masks on, <laughs> they're damn near identical. And I, I couldn't tell him apart on that one out-of-bounds play that Justin Holiday had where he almost ran over Bjorkren, and they were both standing there. I couldn't tell which one was which at the moment. But also something worth mentioning, I mean, the refs were terrible tonight. I mean, oh, yeah. inconsistent. They overturned calls, which you don't see that often, took taking away that Brogdon three in the overtime that would have gave, given Sabonis the triple-double. Just some questionable fouls. I mean, all night back and forth. I mean, they were bad on both sides. That's the one thing I think you can say. But it, it was just – just had to be mentioned how terrible that was. Yeah, and they – I mean, like you said, they overturned Brogdon's three, but they also went back and overturned uh, Dwayne Bacon three. So Bacon should have, yeah. you know – could have had 19 points tonight instead of 16. Um, and I do want to kind of take credit there because I think I th in the last podcast I did mention his name as being the guy. So um, I do want to go on record and say that I think I called that. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, uh, the refs were, the refs were terrible tonight. Uh, I was not impressed. Um, but the other note I want to have here on uh, Nate Bjorkgren as well is, you know, just those um, late game situations. And obviously I mentioned those last couple minutes in regulation, that was just piss poor basketball by the Pacers, but uh, they were able to, uh, when they got down, they were able to, to tie it up. And so, uh, the other thing was, you know, that last play, they scored with like 10 seconds left and it was a tie ball game, ended up making the magic turn the ball over. And Bjorkgren had, you know, the frame of mind to jump up and down and call a timeout. Yeah. And, and I don't feel like, you know, that's something that Nate McMuffin would have, he wouldn't have done that. Um, definitely. I don't feel like that would, have, that would have even crossed his mind. So uh, that, that was something. And then, you know, the other big thing was letting those guys play in that final possession, not calling a timeout. Um, you know, I can see it either way. You want to, you want to call, you want to call timeout, set up a play, uh, but that allows the defense or the, the, you know, the other team to not be able to talk about it, you know, come up with a defensive strategy. So they're, they're not really getting set. So uh, that obviously led to, you know, the, the Brogdon three. And, and maybe if he missed that, you know, we have a different conversation after this, but, um, you know, two, two big plays there or two big things there that I like from Nate tonight. And, uh, definitely, you know, something that I think has changed from the old coaching regime that ultimately I think will make the Pacers better, you know, here for the next couple of years with him under the helm. Yeah. As a fan, you just want a coach that wants to win as badly as the fans do. And I think most NBA coaches do, I mean, their livelihoods and jobs depend on it, but in the, in the, those big crunch time moments, I mean, the first game with fans, like, there's a lot of energy on the brink of overtime just stopped and to have the presence of mind, you know, the old Reggie Miller documentary saying just, just to call that time out. And, you know, Sabonis didn't get the look he wanted. He, he turned the wrong way. He's left-handed, but it was a bad shot either way, but just giving it the chance. That's smart. That's what we want. That's what we, that's what white Nate's all about. So encouraging from a fan standpoint, and we will be in the stadium for Sunday's game. So that's something else to touch on and something else I'm excited for just seeing that tonight, the fans getting to see that Brogdon shot. I mean, that looked awesome. I'm interrupting this part of the podcast to tell you about something that you absolutely need to know about. And that is bet online. Listen, it's illegal. Everybody's doing it. I don't even need to read the copy of the ad anymore. I know how important bet online is to our listeners. The NBA's here, the NFL, AFC, NFC Championship games are this Sunday, the NHL is back, everything is back, college basketball, the Big Ten, it's just a crazy conference this year, you can bet on it all on BetOnline, and you can use promo code ARMCHAIR, that's promo code ARMCHAIR at BetOnline. Yeah, I'm uh, very uh, very excited for that, so for next matchup, Sunday and Monday, it's a back-to-back game there, but with... uh, the Toronto Raptors, both games are in Indianapolis. So uh, the Pacers have uh, two more games here at Bankers Life Fieldhouse before they go on the road this week to play another back-to-back uh, in Charlotte. So um, the Raptors, you know, they've, they've won a few games after, I think they, you know, started off the season like two and seven, two and eight, something like that. They not very, didn't start the season off very hot right now. They're sitting at six and nine uh, tonight. They beat the Miami heat by 20 points. Um, so you know, that's a very, uh, you know, decent win by them. Jimmy Butler, obviously not in the lineup for the Heat. So, obviously, you know, they're impacted by that. The Heat are only six and eight this season. So, um, 
looking at you know the Raptors here and and what uh, how things look for them. Obviously, still they have Nick Nurse, so this is going to be a mashup between two old friends. Uh, Bjork Green uh, going up against his former team that he won a ring with a couple seasons ago, and obviously he's he's coached with Nick Nurse for you know pretty much his entire professional coaching career at some points or in different points. Uh, but, you know, looking at this Raptors roster, I know Kyle Lowry's been day-to-day. He may or may not play Sunday. I'd probably expect him to play. Uh, but then you got Fred Van Vliet, who obviously you got to deal with, OG Ananobi, uh, and then Pascal Siakam. Those are the three big names. And uh, I want to say I do know how to pronounce his name. He's been playing balls out this year. Chris Boucher. Boucher. It's Boucher. Boucher. Yeah. Boucher, yeah. Chris Boucher. Um, definitely having a great season this year off the bench for the Raptors. Uh, he's averaging 15 and a half points and 6.6 rebounds. So, um, he, he seems like one of those, you know, many Siakam players. I shouldn't say many, but I mean, he is 28 years old, but he's just kind of busting out the seam this year. Um, and, and he's making a, you know, really good impact for them off the bench this year. Uh, depth wise, I, they're, they're not, they don't have as much depth. I feel like if they, as they have in year years past, obviously they lost Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol, um, in the off season. So I feel like, you know, they got, you know, a solid starting line, starting five, especially if Lowry plays, that'll be a problem for the Pacers. But, um, I, I think, you know, the Pacers, you know, bode well for against the Raptors in these next two matchups, especially considering, you know, the coach. Um, has experience and knows all these most of these players' tendencies, you know, from coaching them for the the last couple of years before this season. Yeah, for sure. So this is one of those games as a fan, you're going to watch Bjorkren and you're just going to say, I mean, this is a kind of a playoff game for him. This is a game he's going to want to win. Whatever he does in this game will be similar to what he's going to do in the playoffs, I think, and he's going to give it his all. I mean, you have to think the competitive nature in him wants to beat Nick Nurse. So that'll be, you know, an underlying current of this game. And you said Boucher, he's a guy that definitely scares me. I mean, he was like plus 1,500 or plus 15,000 to start the year for six man of the year. And now he's the second on favorite. I think in the last two games, he's averaging north of like 22 points a game. So he's a guy that's gotten hot lately. And, you know, they start with the rotation wise. I, I can't remember how they do it, but I know they switched it up lately to where, you know, they'll start uh, Aaron Baines for a few minutes and then Boucher will come in off the bench, you know, right after those first couple minutes. So that'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this game. Like I said, we're going to be in the stadium. I don't know where we're going to go before, but hopefully it's Hooters because, you know, we're 4-0, and 3-0, and we're an indie game. So I, I can't wait. Yeah, I think the spot definitely needs to be Hooters, you know, close there and, you know, get a couple drinks before the game, head over. Yeah. Um, one o'clock tip off, which they moved that up. It originally was at three thirty. Part of the reason might be to give, I don't know, the players some extra time for the next day since it's back to back. I'm not really sure why they moved it up, but whatever. Um, so pretty much you're getting an NFL, um, NFL Sunday start there, and also that could be also the reason there is they're moving up games due to the NFL games. I don't know. I don't really care. But anyways. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I am, I'm definitely looking forward to this game, getting back into Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Our last game was, um, the, the Bulls, the turn from entry. So, um, you know, it's been a year since, since we've been there, uh, nearly a year since we've been there and to be able to get, be at a game and, you know, 
not as many fans. I, I mean, I know they had a thousand fans there tonight, but, uh, you know, that's obviously going to be weird to see, you know, being there, you know, in person and not seeing, you know, all the people there that you're usually used to seeing, but just being at a live sporting event is, is just going to be, it's going to be a relief because I know you've been to some Colts games. So you've, you've got some experience, but this will be the first one I've attended since that Oladipo game from last year. Yeah. It's, to say the least, it's going to be weird. It's not going to be what you're normally expecting. It's going to be like a an AAU tournament vibe from just like the fans there. You're going to be able to hear your echo. So it'll be interesting, and I'm not going to like enjoy it as fully as I could if this whole shit wasn't going on. But, like, I mean, they're going to be able to hear anything we say. So if we get a little buzz going, who knows what we're going to yell. So if you're at the game, make sure you look out for us. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if we had to pick out a player we wanted to pick on from the Raptors, I mean, I think it's definitely got to be like Aaron Baines. I mean, I oh, feel yeah. like we got we got to yell at him and Lowry. Um, I mean, Lowry will give it back. I feel like. Oh yeah, definitely got to yell yell Lowry, and I hope Lowry plays uh, just for that that reason. I mean, obviously, you know, if he wants to take a day off, you know, that's fine with me, and I'm sure he'll take one of these games off, considering it's a back to back. Um, but that's also something the Pacers I don't have to worry about here with the uh, Oladipo load management is back-to-back games, player not sitting out. But, I mean, in this case, they don't have a player to replace them since LaVert's not playing. So, uh, I don't know yeah, why I, can, I make that, that point. but I can maybe see Sabonis or Turner getting a rest day on one of these. But, like you said, it's not something we have to worry about, and it's not something that they're planning on doing as far as, far as we know. So that's nice. We, we know we're going to go at every game full bore what we got. So I love that. Yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, to wrap up this month, you know, back-to-back games there, Sunday and Monday with the Raptors at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Uh, and then Wednesday and Friday of this upcoming week, they play in Charlotte. That's a back-to-back game there, both games in Charlotte. And then they wrap up the month. Uh, on the 31st, which is next Sunday against the 76ers. So that'll be our our first game against the Sixers this year. They're obviously playing really well, and Bede's having a great season. Uh, Sixers are 11-5. and five. Um, The big thing to circle on the calendar there, though, is the uh, the return of Popeye Jones uh, to Baker's Life Fieldhouse. Yeah, and I was just thinking with, with that Charlotte game, you infamously broke down and you mentally broke down with Lonzo Ball and the New Orleans Pelicans shooting a bunch of threes. Do you think LaMelo Ball will have a similar effect if, if he goes off? He probably will. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I just can't stand the Ball family. So, I mean, that's also that's also part of it. And, like, LaMelo Ball, I think, got a, like – he's just got a punchable face. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, he's got a punchable face. Let, let's look and see how he's doing it on threes this year. Um, he's, uh, he, he's shooting 33% from three. So he's averaging about one and a half threes a game. Um, you know, I'm not worried about him. Um, you know, obviously he's probably going to win rookie of the year. He's had a few triple doubles this season, but you know, I'm not worried about him. I, I feel like guys like, uh, Javante Graham and then, you know, Hayward, they're going to be guys we're going to have to worry about more, but I, I'm not worried about this kid, man. He's, <laughs> And you know the crazy thing is, I'm saying that I'm looking at his birthday. This kid, this kid was born on August 22nd of 2001. I mean, that just if that doesn't make you feel old, I I don't know what will. He's only 19 years old. Um, but yeah, that that could cause me to break down. And and I do want to make another point here is how uh, Jake, you know, we always are talking about bets every day. He said uh, uh, one of his favorite bets today was. Uh, 
was LaMelo Ball, actually. And let me bring this up because I got to make a point to let everybody know that you guys are listening to this podcast and this guy's giving you his basketball analysis. Um, Let's hear so it. Give me, give me just one second. Spill the tea. I know he was he on the uh, triple double for LaMelo tonight, or was that- oh, yes, he was on the triple double, which was a plus $1,600 payout. So if you threw down one dollar, you would get 16 bucks. Um, and so uh, he said it was really good odds for that to happen. LaMelo Ball's final stat line seven points, two assists, and one rebound. So, <laughs> not even close. If you add all of those up, so his points, rebounds, and assists, if you add all that up, it equals one double. So, he, he got to 10 with all those. So, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess he, you know, maybe he got one third of it if you want to be nice about it. But the still, combined yeah, single double. That's uh, that was an awful, awful suggestion by him, and and obviously for you listeners out there, you know, you're getting basketball advice, and you're listening to this guy um, for his takes, and and to get that kind of input from him on that game tonight, I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, just an absolute moron all around. Doesn't know what the hell yeah. he's talking about. And also, we also have to mention on the podcast as well that his younger brother, who um, you know, uh, I've I've known him, you know for pretty much his entire life he, he's not the smartest smartest kid he'll be the first one to tell you um he uh he asked one of uh one of his friends today who we're friends with and he asked him today if what your last name was um and he thought your first name was hawk so he he asked him what's hawk's last name so any any thoughts on that i know that i told you about that a few hours ago but just air it out here on the podcast. I mean, a guy actually thought your name was Hawk. It's unbelievable. If anything, you think it's a nickname, but there's never been anyone just named Hawk. And I don't even know what my last name would be. Hawk Eric. Like the, he's had to have heard Eric at some point. I there was this one person once I, I went around as Mike Hawk. Cause it kind of sounds like Mike Hawk. And yeah. I actually, they actually sent me a letter in the mail addressed to Mike Hawk. And my dad at home was like, what in the hell? Who the hell is Mike Hawk? And he he just was so baffled. Someone would call me Mike Hawk. So I don't have a reason why he thought my name was Hawk. Everyone calls me Hawk. Everyone always has. It's it's way cooler than Eric. So I will never do <laughs> that. So that's that's the reason behind it, probably. But just well, yeah, outstanding, I, outstanding reasoning by him. Just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit that, you know, at times I'm like, I mean, obviously I know what your first name is, but there's times where I just think about it. And I'm like, I can't. I got to, I got to really think about it to remember what your first name is just because, I mean, you go by Hawk to everybody, um, yeah. at least, you know, your entire life. And since I've known you, so, I mean, you know, that's a, that's an easy mistake to make, but just to think that, you know, asking what, what your last name is, I mean, that's just, I mean, that kid need, that kid's got problems. So, uh, yeah, these aren't astronauts we're dealing with. These are, you know, basketball coaching hardworking people you know they don't have to think too much yeah so that'll wrap up uh this show you got anything else uh you want to talk about before we wrap this one up uh no r.i.p hank aaron and i think the chiefs and the packers win on sunday that's my predictions the favorites i i am going bills and packers I, uh, I'm riding the tails of Bill's Mafia. I said they were going to be one of my three teams after the Colts got beat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had Bills, Bears, and uh, God, I can't even remember the third team I had. That's how bad they were. Um, the Bills and the Bucks would be just an all-time Super Bowl for the Bills because Tom Brady has been a thorn in their side all year. Yes, I didn't the think about and then he's that. there again. I mean that that would be crazy cool if the Bills won. That's that's the only way I want the Bills to win. Fuck them otherwise. Yeah, I mean I I don't want the Bucks to win. I I will be rooting no. for the Packers. Um, definitely going to be rooting for the Pack and uh, Bills. I'll be rooting for them. Um, you know, obviously with Mahomes, we don't know. We we assume he's going to be you know not a hundred percent, but he's definitely going to be playing. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but I'll be rooting for the bills. That's why I'm going to pick them. Um, and then also, I, I think we got to mention Phillip rivers too, uh, retiring. Uh, so Colts are in quarterback limbo again here. Obviously he was on a one-year deal, but still, you know, uh, and we weren't sure if he was, you know, going to be the quarterback they chose to go with next year or not. But, uh, you know, this will be the Colts, uh, you know, third starting quarterback, fourth starting quarterback in the last four years, which is pretty weird to say. Yeah, it's depressing. And credit to Philip Rivers to an extent. I think he did better than I thought. He didn't have the turnovers I thought. I mean, we were really close to beating the Bills. And, I mean, they're a damn good team, as we've seen. So, can't be too discouraged. It was a typical Philip Rivers season, gets to the playoffs, and then loses. I mean, we knew it was going to happen the moment we signed him. We knew we just needed a guy to spread out the ball a little bit more than Jacoby could. And if Philip Rivers could do that, he, we could make it to the playoffs. I mean, realistically, we never thought we were winning the Super Bowl. But now it's like, all right, we, now that we got to stop putting a bandage on, you know, an open bleeding wound. I mean, we got to find a permanent fix somewhere, somehow. I don't know if it's trading up in the draft. Hopefully it's Matt Stafford. I mean, there's some other guys that have been tossed around. Looks like Wentz is hopefully dead in the water. But, you know, a lot of questions for Ballard. And, you know, I trust him. But at the same time, I, there's not a, like a clear-cut answer unless you can get Stafford, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, this is – what is it going to be? 17, 18, 19, 20. This will be Ballard's, I believe, fifth season. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously – I mean, they were, you know, throwing a uh, – they had a big wrench thrown in their plans with Luck retiring two weeks before the season. So, obviously, that hurt. They were poised and in great position to contend for Super Bowls for years to come, especially with the pieces that he's added. So, draft-wise, I think he's done a really good job, you know, and, and the, obviously there's, there's some still things of need that this team's got to get, you know, along the way. But, you know, they, they've done a great job drafting and improving that defense – um, you know, obviously left tackle be a concern this, this off season and then a few other things mm -hmm. pass rush, but, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. They have got to come up with a permanent fix here. Um, we can't keep playing the quarterback carousel. Um, they got to find somebody and, and, and that's, and I mean, it's, it's the most important position on the field. Uh, you you look at the, the teams left. I mean, you have Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers. So, Four of the best quarterbacks in the league. So obviously you got to go out and get you get you somebody that you know is is a not. I'm not saying it you know star caliber like those guys. Those are some big names, but you got to go out there and get somebody who who's going to be able to man this ship for at least the next five or six years. We can't keep playing this guessing game. Um, and I don't want to go with Brissett again. I've seen a lot of people throw those takes out on Twitter. Just shut the hell up. Yeah, I mean, the only way Brissett wins is if, you know, you fix the left tackle position with another stud and the line is just 100% healthy. But even then, I mean, 
They're, they're not any better than last year's team. You can't tell me that. I mean, no, he didn't turn the ball over as much, and he actually could at least hit a slant route, you know, and Jacoby at times couldn't even do that. So I like Jacoby, but he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they might they they definitely, you know, they need to re-sign TY, get another receiver, I feel like. Obviously, Paris Campbell. I mean, I, I feel like he's got he's got the talent, but I mean he's always been he's never played a full season yet. Um, Michael Pittman, obviously, I think will be a decent receiver. So, you know, the receivers are there. Maybe you go out and sign another guy, but running back wise, you got that that all covered with Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, you gotta you got to go out and focus on left tackle and quarterback this offseason and then some pieces on the defense. But, uh, yeah, Phillip Rivers retiring, you know, we, it was kind of expected. I mean, it was kind of a lukewarm feeling. I mean, you weren't going to be pissed if you retired or you weren't going to be pissed if he decided to stay. It was just kind of like, meh, whatever. So uh, I did get a lot more respect for him this year after playing with the Colts. Like I said, I, I grew up not liking him from those Chargers teams. But oh, – yeah. uh, but I, I, I got to say, I, I'm a fan, fan of his now, and uh, I wish him luck. He's going to go coach high school football. So it just sounds like that's his dream job. And uh, thank him for his one year here. But Colts definitely got to get on, get their heads out of their asses and, and get things done this offseason. Agreed. All right. So that'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. We will be back uh, to recap Pacers versus Raptors um, on Sunday. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and we will talk to you guys soon. Later.